Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers houston texans fans fans of the nfl shield everybody in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 102 of the talk in the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful august 13th Friday the 13th. Oh. Yikes. 2021. Now we got the Houston Texans on tap today, and it might be a little bit of a dreadful season down there in Houston. We got plenty to talk about in regards to that, as well as plenty of other banter and nonsense. But before we get into all of that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl content dropping but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you hadn't already because we always do release the audio after every live show is over next item up on the docket if you could be so kind you could find it in your heart you got a few extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating if you are watching live hop in the live chat we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least Head on over to this episode's description where you will find the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will locate the TalkintheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew's social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume that all, however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, football fans, everybody in between, I am your humble host and captain of the proverbial ship that you would call the Talk in the Line podcast, Colton, Colt 45 Sroka. And once again, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the TTL pod. You might have seen the Houston Texans and say, yeesh, what could these guys possibly be talking about? Well, hey, we got plenty to discuss. And if you haven't read the uh, description or maybe you didn't read the tweet, We promise to keep the good vibes rolling here today. We're going to have a good, positive vibe Friday, no question about it, and we are going to keep it rocking and rolling, even if the team on tap might not have the best outlook ahead of them in 2021. That all being said, I got to bring in my partner because I need some help rowing this boat down the stream here today. So without further ado, let me bring in 
the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, and the co-host of the Talking the Line podcast, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, as always, I could not be doing much better. It's a bright, shiny Friday in the Windy City. I'm riding high off of an absolutely electric Field of Dreams games uh, game. It would have been electric any way you spin that game. It was absolutely perfection. But, of course, it ended with a nice Tim Anderson walk-off. But, uh, you know, we're moving on. We're moving on to the Houston Texans. And as you mentioned, it is Friday the 13th. I could not mention a much better team, sorry Houston Texans fans, to uh, epitomize Friday the 13th in the NFL better than the Houston Texans right now. That is spot on, buddy guy. I uh, could not have said that better myself. It ain't looking good, but hey, yeah, Field of Dreams game yes, last sir, night. baby. Yankees fans jumped out of their seats as Giancarlo Stanton pissed all over a ball into the deep left field off Craig Kimbrell, it was. Uh, Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks. It was Liam Hendricks. I'm sorry. He came in in the ninth. Oh, my gosh. They thought it was a wrap. They thought they had it. Paper, plastic, Bronx, bombers, take home the first ever Field of Dream games. And T.A. says, not so fast. Take it a minute slow it on down, and sends a two-run shot into right field. Into I the mean, corn. Into the corn. Things got absolutely electric in Iowa last night. Hey, overall, even though I'm not a fan of the Yankees or the White Sox, the fanfare, everything around it, I got chills. It I started awesome, getting dude. choked up during the start. Costner comes out. Costner still looks like he's 25 Seriously, years old dude. somehow. He's still a fucking legend. I mean, the whole thing in general, if you threw any shade on it, you're out of your damn Seriously, mind because like, it was fucking sick. You don't like baseball. You don't like baseball. And I said it at the beginning, a game so beautiful, it has to be yeah. played on diamonds. And hey, that, yeah, couldn't have said that it better was for last night. beautiful. I I, uh, I saw a rumor that your Cubs could be in it next year. Really? I did see that. Wow. I saw, apparently, Rossi like, hinted at it uh, accidentally and like tried to take it back, but it was almost too late or something like that. Mm. So it's not totally official, but it sounded like it was a hint that the Cubs could be there next year. Well, hey, that would be a very welcomed surprise. For your sake, I hope so, yeah, dude. It was very so awesome. Surprise, because I'm still here. I'm still bleeding cubby blue and red, but uh, <laughs> it's been pretty rough sledding the yeah, last few days. Sure has. But we're not here for that. We're not here for MLB. We're here to keep trudging on with the NFL Special Editions, and today is the 13th. That's only four fingers, but you get it. 13th installment of these NFL Special Editions. I didn't editions. put that together either. Uh, 13th on the 13th. 13th right on the 13th. the 13th. Yeah, I wrote about that a little this morning too. So yeah, quite uh, interesting that the Texans ended up falling on this day. So <laughs> let's get after it. First things first here. We'll save all the banter. We got some updates some stuff to talk about. Oh, before I do, quickly. Holy shit, I almost forgot. One of the last showings, one of the two final showings of Colts Agenda Stack. I can't believe you guys don't like free stuff. Hey, whatever you guys want to do, go put your guesses for the amount of pieces of paper in this Agenda Stack in the comments section of episode number 100 of the TTL pod on YouTube. Just go back to episode number 100. You can even click over and come on back here. Put your guess for how many sheets of paper that is in the comments section there with your Twitter handle. We're going to count it up. And we're going to find the winner after today's show. The All contest right. will close when today's show is over. I will show you guys one more time. But for now, let's cut all the nonsense, cut all the banner, cut all the drama, everything else we'll get into later and get into today's team of the day with the Houston Texans. 
I got to get it out first things first. What in the fuck is going on in Houston, partner? I Ugh. I am beside myself. They let many, many key pieces walk. They kept around a lot of old guys. They brought in a lot of old guys. And we talked about it pre-show. There are a lot of names on here, like Shaq Lawson, you might know, Laramie Tunsil, guys like that we'll talk about, maybe Mark Ingram, but they're not necessarily set up for any type of success at all. This seems like a brand new team, uh, what do you call it? expansion team, if you will, and I really have no idea what they have planned here in Houston. Now, we have plenty to talk about. Before we uh, dive deep into the first segment here today, the full team breakdown, partner, anything to uh, say here on these Houston Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a goofy analogy. You know, the Expendables, anytime a team brings in a lot of old guys, you know, big name old guys, it's the Expendables. Mm. This is like the straight-to-DVD version of the Expendables, okay. and you don't know any single person that's in the movie. Uh, hey, well, there you Maybe go. Maybe you've seen a this couple is, guys here and there. This but... is the one that you ordered from AliExpress yep. or something like that. Okay, <laughs> yep. I got you. I got you. Yep. I'm on the same page. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, because this team my friends is a dumpster fire oh. and a half and i don't know what the fuck they got planned but hey we're gonna find out and we're gonna break it all down for you here today and see if there's any type of value in betting or fantasy wise on the houston texans all right my friends first segment of the day for the houston texans the full team breakdown as always we'll start offensively work into defense talk about the coaching staff give you our outlook everything across the board but before we do all that let's talk about some of the key additions and losses on the offensive side of the ball here going into 2021 i'll kick it off with some of the key losses here for the texans they let uh qb aj mccarron roll tide uh go and obviously aj mccarron hasn't had a huge nfl career so mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter but i loved him at alabama they also uh let josh mccown go veteran presence so two quarterbacks there uh let go a little bit of depth but they did backfill the quarterback uh positions that they let go which my partner will tell you about also they let colin uh gillaspia i believe that's how you say it fullback uh, go as well damian ratley wide receiver chad hansen wide receiver and will fuller wide receiver so wide receiver depth going to be critical here for them as well as letting go the big name in will fuller he follows deandre hopkins right on out of the door they let go darren fells tied in they did keep around uh jordan akins but we'll see they also did add a tight end riley will tell you about here in just a minute nick martin at center they let walk zach fuller left guard Brent Cavale right tackle and then Duke Johnson running back obviously Duke Johnson not a huge name to write about we haven't seen uh haven't seen a whole lot of production from him year over year uh the last couple seasons and obviously not a huge huge amount of names to write home about there if you were to target one out it would be that Will Fuller now he is joining uh down in oh let me tell you just for sure so I know or if you have, uh, I should know this. Uh, he's joining. I wanted to. I didn't. I knew it was Miami, but I just That's wanted to make okay. sure. Yeah. Yep. So he is joining the Dolphins. So that is an elite receiving weapon for Tua down there in Florida. If he can stay healthy, there you go. If he can stay <laughs> there healthy, there you go. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about the additions and losses for the Houston Texans. So partner, uh, while you're cleaning off the old glasses, there, old smudge, getting sir. yourself back into uh, working order here, why don't you uh, indulge us with some of the key 
offensive additions here for the Texans in 2021. All right, sure enough. So as you mentioned, quarterback, they bring in Tyrod Taylor, going to be either QB1 or QB2, still very much up in the air. We might, uh, you know, we don't have any speculation on what's going to happen there, but, uh, you know, we might have opinions one way or another as far as if it happens, who's going to be there, uh, and what we see, whether or not. Uh, Andre Roberts, excuse me, Andre Roberts, wide receiver they brought in. Got a lot of wide receivers in this room, so not really sure what Roberts' role is going to be, if much at all. They bring in Marcus Cannon, right tackle from New England. He was an opt-out last year, 2020. He should be the starting right tackle, but uh, he is actually already questionable to start the season with a knee injury. Obviously brought him in to fix some of their offensive line issues that they've had over the last couple of years and uh, certainly should help, but uh, obviously if he ain't healthy with some knee issues whether or not he's in the lineup that could be some trouble they also bring in uh over the last couple of weeks they brought in anthony miller from chicago wide receiver i mentioned Take again it. i mentioned again partner doesn't give a shit about yeah, him kind of leaving out of chicago and i mentioned they still got a very crowded uh mediocre wide receiver room there that uh, about does it for the free agents and trades go uh at least on the offense offensive side of the ball as far as the draft they brought in three guys they did not have a single first or second round pick uh, pretty tough when you're trying to do a little bit of a rebuild there. But third round, their first pick, they brought in Davis Mills, quarterback out of Stanford. Obviously, I believe they already knew that Sean Watson might have wanted out, so they take their first pick, which uh, was a third-round pick on a Stanford quarterback. <laughs> Nico Collins, they brought in in the third round out of Michigan, wide receiver. And then fifth round, they brought in, as my partner mentioned, a tight end in Brevin Jordan. A tight end room is also pretty crowded, my friend. So I really don't know if Brevin Jordan is going to be the number two tight end, number three tight end, practice squad. It's still pretty unclear. I have to imagine he's at least going to be that third tight end. But uh, we shall see. There are a lot of question marks, upside down question marks, whatever you want to call it. This team is a flat out mess. It's a mess and a half, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, I'm glad you uh, did spend a little bit of time there on Brevin Jordan. I think that we could potentially see him as TE2, maybe even edging out Jordan okay. Aikens as TE1 because Aikens really has never been anything to write home about in the NFL. Sure. Um, a lot of all of this production, though, is going to hinge on Deshaun Watson, and we'll dive deep into all of this because I got a lot of opinions across the board here sure. offensively for these guys. But before we do, let's dive into some 2020 stats, some of the key stats you guys should know about on the offensive side of the ball. The Texans averaged 6.4 yards per play uh, last year. They rushed the ball 36.60% of the time and passed the rock 63.40% of the time. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, yeah, he was healthy the entire year, so this would be all his completion percentage, 70.15%. They converted on third downs at a 43.01% clip and scored in the red zone at 54%. Obviously, none of those numbers are extremely great outside of the completion percentage and the yards per play. That's all because of Deshaun Watson. Correct. It looks like he is going to be out of town, no question about it. Uh, he still is lingering around training camp, lingering around practice. I don't really understand. All the cameras are on him. He's getting sick and tired of it. <laughs> he was really pissy in a, a clip we saw of him the yep. other day. So that offense runs and hinges all on him. And that kind of segues me back into the full offense here. So I'll, I'll tell you guys just a little bit about this offense, how they're looking uh, across the board, what some of their uh, key players are. And then uh, I'll give you my outlook and we'll kick it on over to you too, partner. See Alrighty. what we're thinking here. 
So as far as quarterback situation, yeah, still kind of up in the air, but it looks like if Deshaun is out, Tyrod Taylor is going to get the start. He is backed up by Jeff Driscoll, uh, obviously just electrifying seasons for <laughs> Driscoll in Denver. So uh, both quarterbacks there. And uh, after Tyrod gets his lung punctured last year by a doctor in LA, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a great quarterback situation. Then you have just an even more excellent wide receiver room going on. You got Brandon Cooks on the outside who excels with elite quarterbacks but when he has a mediocre quarterback way way down below the floor and it's not very good at all the aforementioned Anthony Miller thank you take him Houston you are more than welcome for that gift you can enjoy him dropping passes all over the field and then they have Kiki QT mm-hmm. uh, never anything really to write home about uh, he is a speedster but not uh, somebody that I would put in the wide receiver one category by any means no Jordan Aikens already mentioned him at tight end. Looks like he will get the tight end one spot, but I do like Brevin Jordan to potentially edge him out here maybe by week four, week five. It will take a lot because he did mainly run screens at Miami in that offense. And when's the last time that you've seen an NFL tight end run a screen? Not very often. Not often. So especially in today's tight end offense, in today's NFL offenses, it's just not very often. Now, what concerns me the most is this running back room. Uh, David Johnson, RB1, still struggled mightily in season one in Houston. And in my opinion, did not pay off whatsoever in the trade with DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien lost his effing mind doing that, and uh, it showed, evidently. They're going to be backing up Johnson this year with Philip Lindsay, which, obviously, if Philip Lindsay couldn't get the uh, wheels spinning in Denver, I don't think he's going to be able to get the wheels spinning at all at Houston, and I feel bad for the young man because this could be an early exit to his career. Then you got Mark Ingram. Now, I don't really know why the hell he's on this team other than maybe some veteran morale. Um, generally though, he only brings that veteran morale when the team is winning, he has opportunities to get in the end zone. And I really don't foresee either of those things happening this year. And then they took from the Patriots, Rex Burkhead, just a brilliant selection. I know, uh, they needed that fourth running back depth, definitely on the depth chart. So, uh, very, very concerning as to who actually gets the touches. (laughs) If David Johnson actually is productive, I don't know. And then the offensive line. All right, not the best in the world. They got Laramie Tunsil on the left side, sharpening left guard. Britt, who is uh, coming in out of free agency, my partner told you about, uh, new center. Howard, right guard, and then Cannon, also new uh, right tackle. So, I don't know. It's a mess offensively in my mind. I think the running game has a hell of a time getting anything type of consistency going i believe that if deshaun is truly out which that's what all signals are pointing to not a damn receiver on this team is going to crack 600 yards this season i know that's a hot take but man oh man it is bad 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 i don't think you see any of these quarterbacks even in the top 20 in the league it's going to be a dumpster fire offensively boys and girls and especially if deshaun watson is not in that uh old navy and red here this year I know you're pretty much on the same page, partner, and you'd echo a lot of my statements, but I'm sure you got some stuff you could fill in the blanks with there. Sure. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mentioned this wide receiver room is so damn crowded. Um, There's a couple guys that I would like if they weren't shouldering as much loads, uh, as much of a load here as they're going to in Houston, but uh, 
obviously they're going to be uh, picking up more than they uh, their skill set you would like them to have. So tight end, Aikens, I'm right there with you. I, I don't really have much expectation for him. I like that they brought in Cannon, but as I mentioned, he might have some injury issues, whether he's on the field or not. That could be an issue. That interior offensive line is absolutely brutal, uh, so it's going to be rough no matter what. You know, if Deshaun Watson plays, you know, you talked about it. We've saw, seen some clips where he just doesn't seem happy at all. In fact, he seems pretty damn pissed off. So even if he is there, I have to imagine that he's not going to have too much motivation to play well. I mean, he's talented enough to score some points, uh, you know, just based off his own talent. So, I mean, I could see Brandon Cooks if Deshaun Watson plays all 17 games, and I'm laughing as the, those words are coming out of my mouth because I can't imagine it. You know, I could see uh, Brandon Cooks having at least statistically a decent season, but kind of is the case with him. His numbers, if you just look at his stat sheet, are pretty decent, but there's a reason this is his fourth or fifth team and I don't even know how many years, six, seven years, might even be less than that. Right. Uh, so I have, do not have a ton of faith here. Uh, you know, the depth of, of this receiver room, there's going to be some cuts. There might be a couple guys that are available that a different team might like. And then this running back room, it's almost like they brought in four different guys to figure out like, hey, maybe at least one of these four dudes will have a hot hand at one certain time. But, you know, this offensive line is not good enough to, uh, you know, pick up any type of slack and create uh, any holes for these guys. So I really don't know what to expect. I really have no faith in Philip Lindsay. He, uh, as you mentioned, just wasn't that good after, you know, he had that one burst in his rookie year uh, in Denver. And then after that, it was uh, pretty easy to figure him out. So I, I think it's going to be even worse here in Houston. So, you know, Tyrod Taylor, I would love him as a backup just about anywhere in the league. But if he's the starting quarterback, he ain't going to lose you too many games, but he also ain't winning you too many games. Yeah. So. That is uh, very true. Every statement you made there, there is nothing, no point that I can argue with right. whatsoever. Uh, we'll talk about them all from a fantasy perspective, but it's going to be hard to find any type of value across the board here in this offense. And man, oh man, I, I really think that the struggle bus is about the only place these guys are going to be firmly planted throughout the entire 2021 season. But to put a cherry on top of the offensive outlook here into 2021, let me give you a couple of key rankings courtesy of the guys over at Sharp Football Analysis. Quarterback room without Deshaun. It ain't good. 32nd ranked unit in the league. Worst out of the worst. Offensive line, 27th ranked unit in the league. Maybe a little bit of improvement potentially there, a spot or two, but it looks like they're going to have to battle some injuries here in 2021. Running back room, 31st ranked unit. I'd give them the 32nd ranked unit. This is, I have no faith in them whatsoever. And the receivers, 31st ranked unit as well. Yep. The depth is very, very questionable. They, they don't have any big, huge highlight wide receiver one names. And, and I think that's going to loom large. And you're going to see that all across the board. I think Brandon Cook struggles this year, especially without having Deshaun. Sure, he, str oh yeah. he has struggled mightily historically in his career when he has a mediocre quarterback to uh, have him slinging him the pigskin. So yep. I think that's what we see this year, and those are the key rankings offensively. Let's keep it moving, keep it grooving into the defensive side of the ball. And if, partner, you'd be so kind as to kick things off here with the defensive losses for the Houstons. Houston's the, the Houston Houstons. Texans in 2021 Alrighty, so they lost a few guys off of a defense that was already pretty damn terrible last year obviously the Bad. glaring one is Mr. JJ Watt who uh you know had a little bit of a decline but you would still love to see him uh in his home not hometown team but you know the team that he called home for about a decade he played 16 games last season 
They also lost Tyrell Adams, 16 games, played in the linebacker spot. They traded away Benardrick McKinney. He played four games last year, but he started for the last six seasons for this team. They lost Brendan Scarlett, another linebacker, played eight, 11 games last year. He played the last five seasons for this team. And Carlos Watson, interior D-line, 16 games last season and played four seasons for this team. Now, I mentioned how many uh, seasons these guys have played because contrary to some of these teams that I've talked about where they're kind of trimming the fat, this isn't the case. These guys jumped off the ship as fast as they possibly could. Guys that were here for five, six years and part of the, you know, the last area that we knew of this Houston Texans team, they had no interest in being a part of what they had going on here, and uh, I can't blame them. So no. a handful of other small depth guys that played a few games, but those are the five most notable here. Yeah, they got rid of a lot of long-tenured guys, yep. and uh, you know that's kind of a general indicator that this is about to be full yep. rebuild time. Uh, maybe they tank here in this season, go for a number one pick, but if they, even if they do get a number one overall pick, they have no other draft capital, and they have no other depth to hopefully support that number one quarterback, as you would think it would probably be. Yikes McGikes is what I can say, but let me tell you a little bit about the defensive additions on uh, the Houston Texans here. They did go a uh, little defensive heavily. Obviously, they needed to fill some holes via uh, free agency and the trade market. They brought in Shaq Lawson off the edge. Great name, but I think he struggles here in Houston. Uh, we'll talk about the coach situation. And I got a soapbox to get on that here after okay. a minute, but I'm not going to do that quite yet. Uh, they brought in Malik Collins into your defensive lineman. He can kind of play on either side, sometimes flip out to the edge every once in a while. Uh, brought in a handful of cornerbacks, Terrence Mitchell and Desmond King, and then also a handful of linebackers, Christian Kirksey who was brought into Green Bay last year basically to kind of try and rejuvenate his linebacking career, and that didn't work out at all. So now he gets to go uh, finish his career in Houston, brought in Jordan Jenkins and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I mean, in my mind, every guy they brought in, and I really hope it's not like this for Shaq Lawson, but it looks like all these guys are to a point now where this could be where their career goes like this takes a dive yeah and i really hope it's not uh didn't go defensive heavy at all in the draft mainly because they couldn't they had no fucking <laughs> picks whatsoever picks. uh they took garrett wallow linebacker out of tcu go frogs and uh roy lopez defensive tackle out of arizona and that's fifth and sixth round not uh yeah yeah that's not cream of the crop there ladies and gentlemen uh so defensively not looking good at all for the texans when you look back into 2020 they allowed opponents to uh, get about 6.2 yards per play uh, defensively last year. Their opponents completed passes at 69.69%. <laughs> and uh, on third down, they allowed their com opponents to convert at a 47.52 clip. And in the red zone, they allowed their opponents to score at a 63.49% clip. So ugly, ugly, ugly oh defensively. Uh, we talked about the names that left that were there last right. year for those names and those numbers to go up. That's not very good whatsoever, and the Texans lost a lot of one-score games mm -hmm. because of a lot of goofiness. We all know what happened twice in Indiana Indianapolis last year. Yep. I mean, holy smokes. Talk about an unlucky team, and now they have basically blown everything up, mm -hmm. and I think the luck only gets worse. I think the spout has completely dried up. There's no luck coming at all, and we see declines in all of those numbers. It's not going to be good <laughs> whatsoever. Be uh, before we give you our full outlooks, kind of uh, looking here into uh, the uh, defense, 
Obviously, we've already kind of told you what we think, but uh, defensively, they got Shaq Lawson on the edge, uh, Whitney Merciless on the opposite edge of him, then Collins, and uh, that is also Blacklock. Uh, yeah, Blacklock, haven't uh, sure. heard of that defensive tackle. Sounds like a uh, hell of a guy there. Uh, apologize for not knowing uh, your name as you look up his first name there. Ross Blacklock. Ross Bra- Blacklock. Then you have uh, Terrence Mich- Mitchell, Desmond King, and Bradley Roby uh, for the safeties or for the cornerback secondaries here. Uh, that defensive back room is not impressing me whatsoever. I uh, definitely would take maybe some overs on reception totals when receivers face that defensive back room. But we'll talk about some extra betting stuff here uh, a little later. They have Christian Kirksey and then Zach Cunningham, uh, uh, linebackers, and then uh, Landon Johnson Jr., I do believe that's Landon Johnson. Lonnie. Lonnie Johnson, and then uh, Reed. Justin Reed. Justin Reed is free safety. So, hey, thanks for always having my back over there with the roster connect. It's a tough one. But it's a tough one because there's not a lot of guys that are right home about or you heard a whole lot about. Um, the main take home for me, and I already said it, but having Terrence Mitchell, Mitchell, Desmond King, and Bradley Roby as your three main defensive backs, it's going to be a party for wide receiver rooms every time that they face this Texans defense. Right. I love Shaq Lawson and I love Whitney Merciless. I don't think they get any type of pressure whatsoever. Now, you remember they had J.J. Watt last year, and last year uh, they blitzed at the eighth highest rate, mm-hmm. so opposite of your Packers, right. right? But they got their sack rate, or their pressure rate, rather, was at 25th. So complete opposite flip of what we Seriously? were talking about with your Packers. So they blitzed all the effing time, <laughs> but work. they couldn't touch <laughs> the quarterback work. for nothing. So... That all being said, I think we see some serious, serious struggles also because of the defensive coordinator for this team this year. We'll talk about the coaching staff. I'm going to stay off of him for now, and I'm going to kick this over to you with yeah. uh, what you think could be the outlook here for uh, Houston defensively in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I kind of have to add is just a different way of putting it. The You know, they brought in guys that are looking to have a season that's going to put them back on the map as far as being a coveted defensive player, and these guys are just going to struggle so damn hard because they can't really lean on anyone else in this lineup, not to mention some of the guys that are still there. You know, Whitney Merciless, we've been a big fan of him, coming out of U of I for a long time and he's been a really good defensive player he's on the wrong side of 30 these days and uh you know without some of these other guys that uh got some pressure on the quarterback it might be tough for him uh you know I think Shaq Lawson should help their pressure rate but that doesn't mean I think Shaq Lawson's going to be uh picking up 10 sacks or even you know anything over five sacks for that matter so I I think it's going to be terrible. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if we want to dive into the coaching staffs, uh, another we'll guy that we're yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we know and uh, love. Oh, yeah. Question mark. Love but, question uh, mark. We'll we'll get into that here in just a second. Um, it's going to be bad. But though. before we do, <laughs> it's to even further back up how bad it's going to be. Uh, once again, courtesy of the guys over at SFA, this front seven comes in ranked as the thirty-second unit in the league. Woof. Even further, backing up our uh, thoughts here that it is going to be extremely hard for them to generate pressure and might even repeat that 8th highest blitz rate, but 25th ranked pressure rate. 30th ranked secondary in the league. This is uh, going to be a secondary that gives up yards and bunches. And uh, if you're a prop player and you see one of your favorite receivers play in this defensive back room on a particular Sunday, Monday, or Thursday now, mm-hmm. I say hammer some bitch in. 
hammer it in because they're going to go over every single dog on time. Mr. DeAndre Hopkins coming to town. Uh, oh. Or there, it'll be can, in can Arizona say, on week seven. Can you say? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. He might have 20 be catches he, for 400 yards. He might have 7,000 yards. He, <laughs> he might set the single game record. Yeah, he he might, might set the single fucking really season might. record in one game he against really those might. damn Texans. I cannot wait for the Cardinals to come back into town. Nothing so, against. Uh, they're going to Arizona, but either way. Either way, going to Arizona, so it's even worse. Hey, nothing against this coaching staff, though. David Coley, head coach, new head coach, inherits a fucking mess. And he was just a pass coordinator in Baltimore last year. And, you know, Baltimore's passing game was just so electrifying, <laughs> and they just needed an extra guy to run their passing game. So, hey, oh, that was shit. fucking great. Let's bring him on in as our head coach. Well, then they put his ass on the hot seat and start questioning him around Deshaun Watson. He's just fumbling, hubbing, and bubbing over his fucking words, doesn't know what day of the week it is, and is just trying to say, hey, I inherited a dumpster fire and a half, and I'm just trying to locate the nearest fire extinguisher. Could you lay off my dick, please? Seriously, just could trying you? to. Uh, could you? Just trying to live out my dream as getting an NFL head coaching job. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't I, care how it happens. That's all I want. Now <laughs> you can fire me after two weeks. I said I did it though. Hey, now Tim Kelly is coming in uh-huh. for year three uh-huh. as OC. He's probably not going to have his prized possession no. in Deshaun Watson, uh-uh. so the jury is out. How well of an OC is he? I don't think it's... I think all the flaws are going to show this year. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for Tim Kelly. Not a whole lot to say about him, but what I do have a lot to say about (laughs) is former University of Illinois fighting Illini head football coach Lovey Smith and former Chicago Bears head coach Lovey Smith. The beautiful defensive mind that is lovey smith comes into houston to bestow his prowess upon the texans i cannot wait for teams to put up three four five and shit even 600 yards because they have 300 rushing and 300 passing in a single game this is going to be a dumpster fire you know me i'm the resident bears fan I had to deal with it for multiple, multiple years. I think Lovey is a great human being. I think he means well at heart. But we all know what means well means. He ain't worth a damn. Get him the fuck out of there. This yeah, is man. going to be brutal. Yeah, once upon brutal. a time, once upon a time, about you know, twelve to fifteen years ago, Lovey was worth something in the NFL. But uh, yeah, now we both know him. Uh, know and love him. Uh, question mark i will say again uh you know and as head coach of illinois man did they have a bad defense <laughs> and you know he inherited some uh a rough uh, deck of cards as far as recruiting so what's he doing so, so what's he doing this year he's inheriting a rough deck of cards <laughs> about as rough as like it's, oh. this is the exact same situation on the nfl level as as he was inheriting in illinois and it's if, almost identical and what is is the nfl a step up from college or a step down you know, last time you checked, it's, it's a step up, but I would say oh. the uh, discrepancy in talent from a bad <laughs> from his roster in Illinois, as compared to like you know the top four teams in the Big Ten, I would say the shit. discrepancy is a little steeper. <laughs> so he's probably not going to be getting beat by sixty. I would hope like not. he was against I would a hope couple. Not. I mean, I, I wish I would have pulled up Illinois' schedule from the last couple of years and figured out how many 40, 50 point blowouts they they suffered because there there was a few of them. 
There's a yeah. few of them. Yeah, not good at all there. I don't think it's going to be good at all on the defensive no. side of the ball. And Lovey's using his smooth talking like he always did to the media and uh, blowing smoke up their ass, making them think that this defense is going to be something. And is the beard? He's got. He's got the white beard. I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen I was him. Starting, I was loving that. I was loving it too. I was loving that. Um, but I don't even know if temper expectations is the right way to put. Don't have uh, any expectations. Thoughts on this defense? I would just say just don't, don't even don't have, have expectations whatsoever. Uh, putting a cap on the entire team breakdown. The head coach David Culley, former Baltimore passing coordinator. We have no fucking clue. No. So he comes in ranked. Once again, courtesy of the guys at FSA, the 32nd ranked quarter, not quarterback, head coach yep. in the league. They do also have the 32nd ranked quarterback room. I didn't even put it into like my head perspective-wise of being the Baltimore passing coordinator and what their passing game has been in the last couple of years. It's, and I mean, maybe. Not worth yeah, a yeah, shit no, sandwich. No, no, it's not, not. <laughs> just absolute <laughs> terrible. Absolute terrible. Hey, they, uh, you know, he's a player's coach. He apparently uh, gets the attitudes, uh, you know, the morale up. So, uh, you know, hopefully he needs, <laughs> he needed to do that uh, come March, let alone the middle of the season when hey. uh, morale is low. So, hey, it's going to be a clusterfuck. We all know it. We all talked about it. Let's get into this damn schedule that's just going to be absolutely brutal with the full breakdown for 2021. Um, first things first. Let me give it to you week by week. It ain't looking good. Very similar to what we saw with the Lions. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about the full betting um, betting weekly lines for them, uh, the, the weekly spreads. Very similar to the Lions in that regard. Little bit easier than the Lions in regards of a weekly schedule, but still not easy at no. all. No, no, no. They start off week one in Houston with a cupcake game. Hopefully they could potentially get this win, but the jury is still out on uh, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer and what he'll be able to do with the prime star Trevor Lawrence. Or, hey, if Trevor Lawrence is even getting the damn star, Gardner, we baby. might have Gardner Mitchell being number insanity. Minsanity might be going on week one down there in Jacksonville. So I suggest you stay fucking tuned. But nonetheless, week two. <laughs> they go into Cleveland to the dog pound, play the Brownies, come oh, back I... home for the Panthers in week three, go back on the road to play the Beefalo Bills, come back home in week five to play the Patriots, go on the road to Lucas Oil Stadium to play the Colts, on the road again even further to the desert to play the Cardinals, and which DeAndre Hopkins will be showing his middle finger all over that field to his former team. And then they get to come back home to play an easy matchup, not really at all, in the Los Angeles Rams. They go. <laughs> back to the other side of the world in the uh, lovely city of Miami mm -hmm. and play the Dolphins. Then they finally get hey, a hey. week 10 bye. Hey, hey. They get to breathe. They get to breathe a minute. Then they come right out of the bye. Got to go up to Tennessee and play the Titans. Then they come home to play the New York Jets. Maybe potentially their second win of the season. Who knows? Maybe Bob Sala and the Jets have some shit cooked up we don't know about. But nonetheless, week 13, they face those Indianapolis Colts once again, but this time in Houston. Then they welcome on in the 12th man. The Seahawks in week 14, and then they play those Jags again in week 15. So just, just maybe they get their third maybe. win of the season there, but the jury is still out for the Jags. Then week 16, they welcome the Chargers into Houston, and then they go on the road yet again to play the 49ers and then come home to finish their season out against the Titans. 
Yeah, not looking good whatsoever no. for the no. Houston Texans here uh, with what they have built, what we just talked about offensively and defensively. The teams that they play have built for now and built for the future. A uh, handful of them have quarterbacks that are still on their rookie deals that are going to be balling the fuck out this year because they too want to get paid. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen just got paid, mm -hmm. so we uh, do believe that he will be balling out. They play some of the teams that looks like they are going to be making deep playoff runs, and the Houston yeah, Texans man. don't even sniff the playoffs, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So now you know the full schedule. Let's talk about where we think they stack up division-wise. There are eight non-divisional games, and then the three remaining outside of that, as we always do. I don't think it's going to be good, my friend. And I believe that they go 1-5 in five in the AFC South. Okay. I believe their lone win comes against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 1 against this team. Now, why do I believe that? I just believe Urban Meyer hasn't coached an NFL game in his life before. Mm -hmm. He has to make those adjustments. It's totally different feel. He has a brand new rookie quarterback. Shit, we don't even know if it's going to be Trevor Lawrence at this point in time. So it sounds like to me, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but things are a little goofy in Jacksonville. Duval! Shout out uh, our man Zach. If, yes, sir. Uh, I haven't seen you around for a while. We talked, even though you're talking about beating this team, but yeah, but uh, <laughs> really do apologize. I do think though they go one and five in uh, the uh, AFC South. They find a way to squeak out a win. But honestly, the more I think about it and say they're going zero and six, the Jags are going to find a way to beat them twice. They're going to they're going to beat them in Houston in Week One. Are you so? Are you assuming with or without Deshaun Watson? Without Deshaun, without Watson. yeah, without I'm going a crisp zero and six, my friend. I uh, you know I like the Jaguars enough without Deshaun Watson uh, to beat them both times because Tyrod Taylor just does he, he like I said he doesn't lose you games but he doesn't win you any games yeah. and so the offense is just going to be stagnant and any single NFL offense should be able to put up at least 25, 28 points at least on this defense so. You know, with Deshaun Watson, I might even give him two wins. They got them both last year. Now, obviously, the quarterback situation should be a little bit better in Jacksonville. But, you know, with Deshaun Watson, I'll give him both. But assuming he's not, I'm going to crisp Oh, and a 6. Yeah, all of my predictions are going to be based okay, off I'll go of with no, that then no Deshaun Watson. Okay. So I, that's that's just what I'm seeing. Yep. I, I don't envision him uh, playing in For Houston sure. this year. And then AFC East, no Deshaun Watson, no Winnie. Uh, no yep. ticket, no laundry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe maybe against the Jets, but I feel like by the time they face them in Week 12, Bob Sala might have a thing or two figured out, and that thing or two might be how to beat these fucking Texans. I think I'm right there with you, my man. I, I just think the coaching staff, I, I'm really high on Bob Sala, as uh, you're kind of mentioning here. I don't love the Jets, or Jets roster by any means, but like you said, I think Bob is going to have something figured out as far as we being can't able, lose to the Being Texans. able to outcoach this team flat <laughs> yeah. out, basically. Yeah. So I'm giving, uh, yeah, I'm going 0-4, man. I don't see any single way that they beat any of these other three teams. Uh, you know, if Miami came into Houston and maybe Miami was struggling more than we kind of expected, but I, I'm pretty high on Brian Flores himself. And, you know, despite, I think Tua's going to be a lot better this year, but despite, uh, you know, his mediocre play last year, Flores still figuring out how to win some games. So I've got no faith in him going to Miami or getting that win. And I think the Patriots' defense handles this Texans offense and without Sean Watson it might be a goose egg on the board on that one it very well could be and you know I think Will Fuller in uh week nine there uh <laughs> also does beat the piss if out he's healthy the yeah Texans man if he's Shit. healthy so 
Not looking good. 0-4 from both of us out of the AFC East. NFC West, give me a fucking break. No. We talked about the Packers yesterday potentially going 2-2 two two yep. against the AFC West. They <laughs> yep. don't have a fucking <laughs> shot. 0-4 once again. I'm yep. not even wasting any Ooh, yeah. breath on that that I'm going to want back on my deathbed. Nope, I'm not wasting any breath on that either. Let's move on. Next three, they have the Brownies, the Chargers, and the Panthers. They ain't getting the win against the Brownies, I'll tell no. you that. They ain't getting the win against the Chargers because I see no sophomore slump from Justin Herbert, and he'll light this secondary up. Yeah, Sam Darnold gets it done. Sam yeah, Darnold man. gets it done. No, no question in my mind. Week three, I think this is going to be a dumpster fire. Sam Darnold's going to have to have something figured out. We already talked about Carolina. Matt Rule will have something figured out offensively to confuse the shit out of right. this defense. No question in my mind. Oh, my gosh. They go 0-3. Yeah, I mean, I I find it hard to believe that I'm about to say that there's two teams that I've uh, predicted to go 0-17, so I'm kind of giving them a back talking and giving them a win against the Jags, but because oh, I'm going 0-3 against these other teams. I We talked about the Carolina Panthers not being cream of the crop team in the NFL, but we talked about them a little bit higher than a lot of people are talking about them, so... You know, if they're as uh, solid as we expect them to be, they should rip the pants off the Houston Texans and absolutely destroy them, let alone get no a question. win here. No uh, question. It doesn't matter if it's in Carolina or in Houston, and it is in Houston on Thursday night football. What a barn burner we get on that Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, Yeehaw. give me a crisp 0-3 once again. Yeah, so, man, that's an 0-17. I mean, we just talked about the Lions a couple of days ago. Pretty <laughs> I much predict, gave them I an 0 and, 0 You gave the 0-17. I gave them a 2-15, and 15, so maybe the Texans are the 0-17 team. I They could scratch that week one uh, victory out against the Texans, but I, or against the, the Jags, Jags, but I just don't fucking don't see, see it, it man. man. I do not see that happening no matter what, and especially not in Jacksonville in week 15 no. when – who knows? Maybe Jacksonville could shock the shit out of everybody, and maybe, maybe Lucas Oil Stadium is a fucking injury dumpster fire this year. I hate to say it, but maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe it's all a mess in there this year. I don't know. So maybe the Jags have an opportunity to squeak in somewhere there, and that game's worth something to them, and they have to get the win. I don't know, man. All I know is that. The only game I could see them winning is week one against the Jags and potentially week 12 against yeah, the Jets. I'll still say potentially week 12, sure. And Those then are the I, only two. And then I guess if Sam Darnold is absolutely brutal, maybe, but I could see him, uh, even if he has a bad season, I could see people looking back on this week and saying, hey, what you know, what went wrong with Sam? He looked so good in week three. Ah, it's because he faced this horrible, horrible defense, my friends, and put up 30 points. Because, man, any given Sunday, and I hate to, t- to give a team an 0-17 prediction. Yep. I mean, any yep. given Sunday, that's the motto of the NFL. But man, oh man, I, I truly believe. I think the Lions find a way to edge a few out, and I think this Texas team okay. is the 0-17, okay. the first team to ever go 0-17 in the NFL. They ain't biting kneecaps off like Dan they, Campbell they, is. They, they, they don't know nothing <laughs> about cannibalism, all right? So, hey. They're just a bunch of sissies <laughs> over there as far as MCDC is concerned. So, well, that's the funny shit. part that I keep seeing is like, oh, you know, Cully might have the, he's a big player to coach. People love playing for him. If their star quarterback is walking into training camp with a giant scowl on his face, there ain't going to be any holding hands and rah, rah, let's go get a win for David Cully. Like, no, no. they're going to be discouraged come week two, man. Like, no. this, it's a wrap. Close the book on this season already. Yeah. Uh, final closing thoughts on this schedule before we move <laughs> into some uh, betting preview here. 
uh, for this defense. We already think they're going to be bad, but uh, for some of the key areas as far as uh, defensive efficiency, uh, offensive uh, completion allowed, uh, key stats like that, they rank um, top at most top of the league in almost every category in difficulty for their defense. So it's not going to be easy sledding for them. The offense, a little bit more mediocre right across the line, but I don't think that helps them at all. I don't think they're going to have any type of cohesion or anything uh, to write home about. The one shining spot in this Texan schedule is the fact that they have two opponents that have less than a week to prepare for them, but it kind of cancels out because then they have two, uh, two other opponents that have over a week to prepare for them. However, they only have two rest disadvantages with one rest advantage, so that's always pretty pretty good, but I don't think that pretty good is going to be good enough for the Houston Texans this year. And they play zero short week road games, and they play zero games off a road Monday night or Sunday night football game. I nailed it that time. You sure did. Thank you for those numbers, courtesy of SFA. Yeah, I mean, if they had one of these uh, bad teams on their schedule with a big rest advantage, you know, it might be a different story, but that's not the case. They got a disadvantage against the Chargers and Niners. They come out of their bye to play the Titans in Nashville. <laughs> Like, what are we talking about here? Not uh, not looking good. Ugh. Not looking good for the boys here across the board, but uh, that about does it. That's all of our analysis yes, on the schedule. It ain't looking good. Let's get into the full season betting preview. Now, probably not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for you to hammer in this team. They were terrible against the spread last year with Deshaun at the helm. Not really anything you can write home about over underwise, but as always, I'll kick things off with the 2020 betting trends for the Houston Texans. <laughs> they had an average line. <laughs> <They're already laughing. laughs> they had an average oh, line my. of one. They were one point underdogs in 2020. Um, they had an ATS record of six and ten with a straight up record of four and twelve. Two and four ATS as a favorite, four and six ATS as an underdog. They were three and five against the number at home, one and two as a favorite at home, and two and three ATS as a home dog. They were also three and five against the number on the road, one and two ATS as a road favorite, and two and three ATS as a road dog. Identical. They were bad in any spots you put them yep. in. It did not matter. They were not good against the number. This season, my friends, just like the Lions. Oh, excuse me. Actually, the Lions have a pick em. The <laughs> The Houston Texans are underdogs in all 17 games this week or this year. <laughs> so they have no games that are pick -ems. There's some that are a little closer than others, but for the most part, they are very long. We'll talk about the weekly lines here in just a minute. But putting a cap on it, they uh, are also underdogs by an average of 7.2 points here going into 2021 as far as their over under goes uh from 2020 nothing you can really write home about in any category seven and eight overall three and five uh over under so five and three to the under at home and then four and three to the over on the road four and two to the over as a favorite and six and three to the under as an underdog Nothing really you can write home about. Maybe they're good to the under as a dog. Maybe they're decent to the over as a favorite. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I can't really call it. And I think it's really, really going to hinge this year 
on the fact that there's going to be no Deshaun Watson. And if there's no Deshaun Watson, there's no way in my mind that they have any shot in hell at covering any type of spread. I don't care what it is. The books can set it at plus 2,000. They're going to find a way to fuck it up. Hmm. That's what happens in my mind. Now, you scream, I scream, we all scream for teasers. <laughs> Not ice cream, but I also scream for ice cream. I just love a damn good teaser on an old NFL Sunday. Six, seven, and 10 point teasers, respectively. 11 and 5 record, 11 and 5 record, and 12 and 4 record in those teasers. So, not a team you necessarily need to be adding. Maybe a key spot here or there if you get a super high spread and can tease it down through four or five key numbers. But. That's about the only reason you would want to do that, and I would venture to say this year, ladies and gentlemen, you would not want to do that no. at all. So I'm going to be running in the opposite direction on my teasers for the Texans this year. I'm going to be probably fading the absolute hell out of them when it comes to uh, the weekly lines, and uh, probably will be avoiding any totals unless I think the team that they're playing is going to put up 7,000 points on them. That all being said, let's get into those aforementioned weekly totals. And uh, once again, the second team now outside of the Lions that we have uh, analyzed uh, per SFA, some of his rankings, uh, Warren Sharp, every single weekly betting line is in red, which means it is maximum difficulty to cover that mm -hmm. spread. Most of them are actually on the higher scale of yeah, difficulty. Sure uh, there's not many that are like, ah, eh, that'd be hard, but maybe they could pull it mm -hmm. off. Eh, it's not looking good whatsoever. Running through these bad boys again, they come in in week one as three-point underdogs to the Jags. So maybe it just might be 0-6 in the AFC South after all for these Texans. Week two, 13.5-point dogs to the Brownies, four-point dogs to the Panthers. Week three, week four, 14-point dogs to the Bills, six-point dogs to the Patriots, 11.5-point dogs to the Colts, 10.5 to the Cardinals, 8.5 to the Rams, 7.5 to the Dolphins, 8.5 to the Titans, 1 to the Jets, 7 points underdogs to the Colts in Week 13. Week 14, once again, 7-point dogs to the Seahawks, 4-point dogs to the Jags, 4.5-point dogs to the Chargers, 13.5-point dogs to the 49ers, and 6.5-point dogs closing out their season against the Titans. There ain't one of those that I would be confident in backing. Not a single one. I don't even care about the ones that are 11 and a half where you got me through the key number at 10 where they could potentially score a touchdown and a field goal and keep it tight. I'm good. I am gooder than good. Is there any value that you're finding there, partner, other than 2021 is hashtag fade the Texans? I don't know. I'm interested. I wish I would have looked it up. I'm interested to see what Tyrod Taylor's career ATS record is because as I mentioned... He ain't going to be winning you games, and I don't know uh, you know, what his ATS record is as in his career, but he also doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So I could actually see the you know this team's going to be terrible. I could see them staying within these like 14-point spreads. So I, I'm not saying I'm going to be hammering them in against the Bills or the or the Browns. You know, I might need to see a little bit first, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if they're able to cover some of these big spreads just because you know, Tyrod Taylor might get a first down here or there, and then they punt, and then the other team's got a long field. Now, they're probably going to go ahead down the field and score, but it might take up a little bit of the clock. You might see some unders here. That's kind of where my head's at. Still not enough confidence to uh, emphatically say, yeah, I'm going to be hammering that in. It's just uh, maybe I need to check some stuff out here. Maybe I'll stay away. I don't know, man. Well, I will tell you that with the uh, Browns, and I do believe... I 
hasn't he played for somebody else outside? I feel like he's played. He's what, played for the Bills. He's played for a bunch of people. What I yeah, do know Chargers. is that he was 21, 19, and 2 ATS. That's a 50% cover clip with the Brownies. So okay. I'd venture to say he's probably about 50% across okay. the board. Um, let's see. Tyrod Taylor, favorite of Jalen Ramsey, has covered 55% of his games too. Okay, so yeah, uh, fit, about 55%. So I, I was pretty doggone close there. Okay. Tyrod Taylor's about 55% ATS for his career. So nothing to write home about. So I could see it kind of being like that. Yeah. And maybe they'll cover one of these, a few of these big spreads. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, not emphatically any confidence at all. I just, no. I, I could see it being a little wonky as far as some of these spreads go. I would have to agree with you. Uh, as far as game totals go, though, however, uh, there is a few things I guess you could see. Uh, there's three 46s. They have uh, the first in week two against the Browns. Then they have the second in week 15 against those Jags that we keep talking about. And then the third in week 17 against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So are those going to be blowouts? Are those going to be shootouts? What exactly is going to go on? Why are they all the way down to 46? Are the Texans not going to score at all, and the opposing team going to put up 28, 35, <laughs> somewhere in that ballpark? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. know. I don't know why it's down that low. That's kind of bizarre. And then you see all their other numbers right around the 47, uh, 49, 48, right around in that ballpark. But that's as low as it gets. So you look at the highest they have is 50 against the Titans in Week yeah. 11. Outside of that, man, I just don't really see any value. I don't know, kind of like what I just said. I don't know if these are going to be shootouts or if they're going to be blowouts or if the Texans will be a backdoor cover team. But as far as I'm concerned, in my mind, against the spread, hashtag fade the Texans going into 2021 and hashtag avoid the game totals for now until you see what they're doing to aid the team that I guarantee is going to be beating the pants off of them. And if they're right. not putting up any touchdowns and you're trying to bank on one team to go over the game, the game total, you might as well just play the team total. So, right. yeah, I, I, I can kind of envision that it's going to be a team that I'm going to be having on the opposite side of my teasers, getting the other favorite team teased down yeah. to a reasonable number. Yeah, I would have to agree with you, my friend. But, you know, I got to ask you, I'm sure I could probably say where you're at, as probably could you too. But way too early, week one pick. These Texans welcome in Duval, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, into Houston. Um, Are you taking the three points or are you laying the three with the Jags? Give me the Jags. I'm not uh, overly confident in it, but, uh, you know, I could definitely see myself taking that Jags team. I would take the Jags minus three. I was. I don't know if I'm going any was, higher than that. As yeah, as I was flipping around, I was like, ah, maybe just the money line, just to be safe. Maybe it yeah. could be something a little goofy. But I think I don't think I would go if it gets a hook of three and a half. I mean, hey, yeah, but I like the three chance of a push out quite potentially. But I think they could win that game by a touchdown. Yeah, maybe we'll have different. I don't think we'll have different feelings because this Texans team is bad. We'll yeah, be covering the Jags so. in a couple episodes. Um, I feel like we're, you know, I, that Jags team still has a long way to go as far as their roster is concerned. I think they'll be better, and I do think the Jags will take them in both of these games. But, uh, you know, I, maybe we're over overconfident in the Jags a little bit here, but I don't think so. I think uh, I think minus three is safe enough. Yeah, I think it is too, but we'll, uh, once again, do some research, mm-hmm. check some shit out before we officially. But way too early selection if you put a gun to our head today. We would both take the Jags minus three against this horrendous Houston Texans team. Mm-hmm. Win total, my friends. We all love to take a good old gander at the win total. We have it every team so far. Win total for the Texans set at four right now. 
Um, kind of puzzling though. We both yep. uh, think they go zero and seventeen, maybe one and sixteen. Who the hell knows? But the overs at minus one forty and the unders at plus one twenty. I love the odds. I love the value. Um, there, there was something as far as when uh, when a team has gone. Um, as oh, bad I as got it right here. Year. Go right ahead. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a four and a half. So on SFA was four and a half. A four and a half win total in a 17 uh, game season is essentially a four win total in 16 games. Last two teams to have totals as low as four. It was the Jets in 2017 and the Dolphins in 2019. Both exceeded those win totals that season. So that is per uh, Warren Sharp at Sharp Football yep. Analysis. Um, so that all being said. I don't know if I buy into all that. I, I just I, I don't know if I can buy into that trend right. to get me over to the oversight of things here. I I mean they won I mean, four last year and there was there was none. I mean it, it was even a stretch for us to give them the wins over the Jets and the Jags. Right. And, to, and I can't do I can't do that. And that's only two wins and that goes way under four to right. me. Give me the under four at plus one twenty. I will take that plus money poly all day. This might be actually one of the plays that I hammer in when it comes to the season totals. Right. And I even optimistically it's hard for me to map out four wins, let alone any more than that. Optimistically you could say, Hey, the Jaguars still got a long way to go and uh, you know, I if if Sean Watson is there, I could see him definitely taking both of the Jaguars and against the Jets and maybe Carolina, even with Deshaun Watson in town and actually playing a full seventeen game season. Those are the only four games that I can see them winning. I see them getting their ass kicked in every other single game this season. So I'm happily taking the under. I don't know if I would take an alternate total or not. But That's at- also uh, really interesting. And yeah. I'm glad you said that because the over three and a half in an alternate total has a, the exact same odds as right. the over four. It's minus 140. So, I mean, it technically is the same number. Right. I mean, I guess we lost the the four and a half hook. So, it, technically, they would still have, well, not really, because they would have to get five um, wins for the four and they would have to get four wins for the three and a half. Right. So, that being both at minus 140 makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. I imagine Fandle's got to be changing that pretty soon. I would say so. Uh, over five and a half right now, you tick it up one from what it's at, plus 280. So, very little confidence. Over six and a half is at plus 500. So even further evidence that this team is not going to be good this year. Under three and a half, however, plus 115. I think that's worth a look. And under two and a half, in my mind, definitely worth a look. Plus 230. Overall, if I was going to say the most valuable, I would say that under two and a half at plus 230 for an alternate total is bar none, probably what I would target. Even if they do squeak out the win, one win against the Jags and one win against the Jets. Right. It's only two, and I am more than comfortable with taking that. I don't think it's going to have to be too much of a sweat at all. Right. I like it. I I would say uh, I'll stick with the under four at about plus 120, some nice plus money action there. Sure. So, uh, you know, but that over five and a half, over six and a half, you say, oh, well, if Sean Watson's back in town, like, you know, that's not a terrible pick. I don't like it, man. Nah. He's got to have, he's going to have to ball the hell out. And yeah. he, he's not happy if he's stuck in ten- he uh, Houston. It ain't his sure. choice. <laughs> his choice. So, no, he, he does not want to be there. And it is very evident. Like he balled out pretty hard last year and they won four games. So, yeah. no, thank you. Give me the under four. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, our opinions on the win total. Now, Kind of uh, evident as the books are thinking, too, in regards to the win total, making the playoffs for these uh, Houston Texans. To make the playoffs, yes, is at plus 710 right now, and no is at minus 1,200. 
No need in wasting any breath. There ain't no value on either fucking side. No, sir. As far as the division, conference, and Super Bowl 56 goes, my friend, no value there either. Nope. If you thought that we were going to say anything about it, you're out of your fucking mind there at 23 to 1 odds right now to win the AFC South. That is dead ass last. There is not another team that has two zeros behind, followed by two numbers in front in the AFC South. No value whatsoever all uh, on the conference. They are at plus 15,000 to 1, 150 to 1 odds. Goodness gracious. And then 250 to 1 odds, 25,000 plus 25,000 to win Super Bowl 56. No value whatsoever. Goodness. But that being said, we still got to give you a little value outside the sure. season win total and some of the things that we uh, might think we'll be targeting here in 2021. There is some side play value, and you know us being good degenerates over here. We got a couple for you, too, today. Now, we already talked about it. this one with the deep... Shoo. Coffee burp, excuse me. Uh, excuse me, goodness gracious. Uh, we talked about this one with the Detroit Lions, and that is the worst record. Now, they are tied with the Detroit sure. Lions at plus 200. From what you've heard here today, you might want to lean, and I think I'm leaning to the Texans for the worst record. Uh, I do believe that there is a way old Dan Campbell bites a couple kneecaps off and edges out a couple wins, gets a couple tallies in that left side of the win-loss column. I don't think that happens here for David Culley this season. I don't think Tim Kelly is going to be able to do anything without Deshaun Watson, and I think that Lovey Smith is going to allow every team to slice, dice, and carve up his defense like a Halloween pumpkin. Yep. So I'm good. I am, uh, I, I'm going to skip the Lions, and I'm going to hammer in the Texans here for worst, uh, worst record this season in the NFL at plus 200. Okay. I, uh, at this moment in time, I think I'll stay away just for a couple of factors, just the uncertainty. Like, even if we get a disgruntled Deshaun Watson, I still would like this Texans team to uh, okay. have a chance to get at least okay. a couple more wins than the Lions. Still not very confident in that. Um, and then, uh, so I'll stay away from it, but without Deshaun Watson, yeah, I would absolutely love this. I would absolutely love it at plus 200. Uh, did you mention the lowest scoring team? Sorry. Just about to. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, as we wrap that one up, the second one we found uh, was lowest scoring team right now. That is at plus 400 mm-hmm. odds, and I think at that, that is 150% worth a look. This is the worst offense in the NFL this year. They have never played with each other. There's, well, besides QT and Cooks. Uh, so, there you go. So what be? Other than that, there's no cohesion. There's no chemistry. They have brand new guys inserted into this Tim Kelly offense. They have the brand new head coach and David Coley, who will probably try to have his feelers on the offensive play calls from time to time. So I do not think that they average more than maybe six points a game here in 2021. And I mean, mean, and that might be because of be because of two field goals okay so give give me that too i i honestly like that as well i think that has immense value might be a little bit of a sweater because there'll probably be some other piss poor offenses this season but i don't think anyone compares to what houston is bringing out this season okay i i don't know i'm i'm a little on the fence on this one uh, and if Sean Watson is back in town, he'll at least find a way to put up some points. So that still has me kind of staying away. And even if he's not, I, I think Tyrod Taylor at the helm is going to have them. Like you said, right around 10 points a game would not shock me at all. No more than 14. So for that matter, I think there's some value on it. And, you know, the opposing teams are just going to run up and down the field on them as well. You just really uh, have it in your mind that there still is maybe a glimmer of hope that Deshaun stays around. I'm, I mean, I, I, 
I have had no analysis or no opinion at all, or even like a back thought in my mind, like maybe this might. If You're Deshaun's not. I, here. Like, I think me there's neither. No way but why is he at camp? Why? Well, I mean, I don't know. Because that fucking organization is a dumpster fire, dude. The GM doesn't know what the hell's going on. I know. The head coach when it, has no clue what's going on, and they have no you clue how to ship know, him out of town, or else they might have probably already know done about it. all the stuff off the field. I mean, who knows? I don't know if. An NFL team will be able to pick him up. Who knows if he's not even on the fucking commissioner's exemption list that's going fair. into 2021. So that's a viable option, too. He still could be a Houston Texan and not be allowed to play NFL football. But I guess part of my optimism is like the over four is at minus 140. That's kind of where I'm thinking. Maybe the books think he might be back. I don't know. They probably got to keep that just because he's, fair. he's still at. Yeah, he's I don't have like, confidence. Hey. It's like gun to my head. No, not a chance he's back. But I, I think it's still possible. I feel like. If a team thought his situation was 100% cleared up, they would have opened up the bank. A team like the Philadelphia Eagles, unless they love Jalen Hurts, I feel like they would have opened up the bank and did whatever they had to do to bring in Deshaun Watson or any other team that needs a quarterback because he's worth it, man. He's one of the best five quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. So that's kind of where it lies with me. If uh, you know, if another team really thought everything was all good and he's going to be the uh, foreseeable starter with no issues going forward, I have to imagine that someone would have broken the bank for him. Somebody would have, and somebody would have had to. So that still kind of lends into you, like maybe it's not cleared up, and maybe we don't even see him because of that reason. Yeah, and and I, without getting into that too much, right? I mean, we obviously, don't want to, sure. Obviously, we hope that justice is served to the to the fullest extent, and if if they if are obviously be, yeah. if need be, obviously I hope it's served to the fullest extent on the opposite end of the spectrum. Either way. I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. Fair That's enough. not my deal. I'm a sports betting analyst. That's what I care about, and I care about these Houston Texans. I don't think they'll be worth a hot okay. steaming still pretty pile low. of shit yeah. if Deshaun Watson is not on this field. I don't think they'll still be worth okay. a damn if Deshaun Watson is on the field. I think the only way you see him... I can't picture a scenario in my mind how you see him starting week one for the Houston Texans. I don't Texans. think so either. I cannot physically concoct something up as to how... He'll he'll fucking retire before he starts. If 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 everything gets cleared up and a trade is not able to be made at some point in time before week one, so he can get into a system and be the true QB one. Yeah, he'll retire, man. Watch, uh, mark yeah, my yeah. words. That's fair. Call That's me crazy. Hey, I wrote this in my blog. Call me crazy now. Quote me later. I don't give a okay. shit. Okay. But even still, for the low-scoring team, I really hate that Lions offense, so I might yeah. even still yeah. like the Lions. <laughs> <Yeah. regardless>. Still <laughs> worth a look. Still <laughs> worth a look. Still worth a look. All right, well, there's the side bets. There's everything in regards to the full betting preview. Obviously not loads and loads of value here, folks. So uh, we did the best we could there. Uh, Let's wrap things up with the fourth and final segment for the Houston Texans, our best fantasy advice and what we have so cleverly coined as start, stash, or pass. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to uh, try and give you what what fantasy advice we might be able to cook up here for the Houston Texans. Uh, first things first, quarterback room. Now, I it does bear mentioning that if he does find himself on another team, Deshaun Watson is QB1 mm-hmm. starter material. Mm-hmm. So absolutely target him in your draft. Uh, definitely think if he is starting on another team, something is happening. Uh, one way or another, he is going to go top five off the board, if yep. not top ten. Um. Outside of that, really no value in my mind, even as a stash spot for Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll. You can miss me with all of right. that. 
outside of that, really no value in this room for me. Avoid it altogether in your draft if Deshaun isn't there. I mean, I guess you leave that little glimmer of hope for Texans fans or anybody that might have potential futures on this that Deshaun shows up, but I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I can't really add too much to that. I If you're still, if there's still uncertainty around whether or not he's playing by the time you're drafting, then, you know, leave I'm, it alone. Leave it alone. And I might even, you know, I would doubt that he'd still be there if he's in your last round of the draft. I'll scoop him up as my backup quarterback just on hope that maybe I can find a maybe. Maybe. But other than that, no thank you. And Tyrod Taylor is not a good fantasy quarterback at all. So yeah. no thank you. And also from another perspective, maybe if people are passing on him for that reason, because there's a lot of murkiness around the story and what is happening. Maybe pick him up and stash him. Maybe if you can get him kind super duper saying, duper yeah. duper late, stash the hell out of him, and then maybe things clear itself yep, up. That's basically what I'm you're saying. You're good to go. Uh, running back room. I'm passing all together. And I hate to say that because David Johnson was once the most sought after number one fantasy running back to be drafted. Uh, myself personally actually drafted him number one overall back in 2016. I do believe it was when he shattered his hand in mm-hmm. week one. Something like that. Um, so I have seen the highs and lows sure. of David Johnson's career from a fantasy perspective, and I will be avoiding him. Um, maybe, maybe worth a stash, but I don't even think we see RB2 production from him. I think maybe from week to week in some of these areas where they do face, uh, let me click back over here, where they do face a potential poor rushing team Mm. like the Patriots, maybe like the Chargers. Maybe he has a little bit of a breakout week, some worthy flex numbers, a 12, 13 point game, but I'm not wasting a roster spot on him in hopes that potentially he does that. Then you have Mark Ingram. I'm not really interested in wasting a roster spot on him. Mark Ingram has consistently been one of my favorite backs in the league. And also, if you know me, you know, roll damn tide. He's, (laughs) he's an Alabama boy. So I'm going to love him. Absolutely. Either way. Philip Lindsay, got to pass on him as well. I I had such high hopes year after year that he would finally break out. Last year, Philip Lindsay is going to break out, and he didn't in Denver. He nope. just didn't, and he's sure as shit not breaking out here in uh, Houston. Rex Burkhead, he ain't going to break out either. Uh, he had a few flashes here and there in New England last year. They ran, obviously, a really nice either duo or trio tandem backfield. Right. And he was able to get some good goal line work from time to time. He was able to get the receiving duties from time to time. But I don't think that they're going to be able to utilize him in any fashion enough to produce you consistent fantasy numbers. None of these guys, in my opinion, would even fall in flex rankings for me. And maybe potentially you could shift Johnson into an RB2 conversation, but right now no thanks i just yeah i i can't add too much other than like i don't understand how they're going to dole these carries out at to use one of your favorite words i am befuddled because i don't understand i'm straight boy uh Damn you know straight. david johnson you know he was the number one 21 rated running back in fantasy last year with a less crowded backfield philip Lindsay, mark ingram Lindsay averaged six fantasy points ingram 4.8 in less crowded backfields I don't get it. I don't get where they're going to dish these carries out. Rex no. Burkhead has less value than he had in New England, and his value wasn't super high, save from a week to week or with some injuries. You know, if one of these guys was the only running back in this room, then maybe I would be interested. But I- I'm passing altogether. If one of these, if David Johnson is late, late, then maybe. But I, I even then, I just have no faith that he's going to be a good fantasy running back at any point. Plenty of guys that I uh, think that you could uh, potentially target. And a guy that I'm excited to, to talk about soon is Miles Gaskin. 
And yeah. I think that he is going to be firmly in RB2 this year. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about passing the shit yeah. out of the Houston Texans. Or maybe they run a triple option and some of these guys have some value. And Tyrod Taylor is... Uh... Yeah, we're not even going to play around with that <laughs> thought, my friend. Around. We're going to move in. <laughs> we're going to move into the wide receiver room. These are not triple room. option pieces. Anyway. Uh, as far as the wide receiver room goes, now there is two pieces in my mind that you could target. I will, in any form of draft, I am going to pass on Anthony Miller. Mm -hmm. I will pass on Kiki QT. Maybe a flag on QT with the opportunity that he breaks out into some sort of flex production. But if you don't have Deshaun, you're not going to have production like that. Maybe Brandon Cooks uh, worth a potential stash if he gets some level of quarterback production. That is the only way he is going to be able to be successful and then also I am interested in stashing, a little bit more interested in stashing than Cooks because we've already kind of seen what we get from Cooks, and that's Nico Collins. Talked about him a little bit uh, in the draft, and I think that he might have a potential to break out here. Also, Roberts, I'm not too sure that he's worth any type of look whatsoever, and when I'm not too sure, I'm not going to waste any type of a pick on him. Now, if you can get Nico Collins late, 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 I would say he's worth a little stash there late on your bench in the roster spot because he could hawk a shitload of receptions and have a lot of short out routes to turn into big gains. And that would be maybe the only glimmering spot of hope for this entire Houston offense. So outside of Nico Collins, I'm going to pass on him all and, uh, well, potentially stash um, uh, Brandon Cooks and then potentially stash as well Nico Collins. Okay. Yeah, I sort of similar to you. My only value here is if Deshaun Watson is in town, I will uh, take yeah. Cooks or Kiki Cutie. QT, the last five or six games, he missed a large chunk of the first part of last season. He ended up averaging 10.9 fantasy points with Watson. So if Watson is still sticking around for the full season, I would be interested in stashing QT. Now that, but that uh, room is a little more crowded than it was last year. Uh, I do think he is better than some of these depth guys, but still, I'll stash him if Watson is there. And same thing with Brandon Cooks. He was number 17 wide receiver last year, so he does have value with Sean Watson. Uh, certainly not going to be a top 10 receiver, even if Watson is there or 15 i could see him right around the 20th receiver so i'll take him for a flex spot but uh without uh watson tyrod taylor is in town i don't even have any interest in cooks i certainly have no interest in qt and i've got no interest in anybody else tight end room no thank you i'm good too uh jordan akins brevin jordan maybe put a flag on brevin jordan in case he surprises in the nfl but if it takes a electric tight end to uh maybe two three years to really break out in the league it's gonna take four or five years for brevin jordan in my opinion yeah. so i'm avoiding him avoiding jordan nakins are as as you are too yeah, no thanks the kicker situation here in houston not great uh in my opinion kaimi fairbairn is their uh main kicker he has been decent from a not fantasy bad. production standpoint um but that's just because that team's been able to be in field goal range i'm yep. not even certain that they can get into field goal mm -hmm. range this year that's nope. how concerned i am about this offense i'll pass on fairbairn in any type of capacity uh for a starting kicker spot if i'm really hurting uh maybe he's on the waivers at some point in time pick him up i think he'll average right around four or five points a game I don't think yep. it'll be anything crazy. Yep, I got nothing to add there. And then for the defense, leave me alone. I don't want any part of that. I'm not even I, – I will not even scroll down far enough to see that they might be a potential available team on right. the waiver wire. Correct. I'm leaving that defense alone. They don't deserve any anything. So across the board, my friends, 
as far as start stash or pass goes, as far as fantasy advice goes, there ain't none of it nope. coming out of Houston this year. Do not target Houston players in your fantasy team. Maybe one here or there has a potential here or there to break out, but you don't need to be banking your entire fantasy season on a here or there wish shot in the dark. No, thank you. Be smart. And uh, there you go. There you have it. Start, stash, or pass. Okay, well, <laughs> we hope uh, we were able to make you guys laugh a little bit. Keep that was some fun. Good I had more fun than I expected. <laughs> I had more fun than I expected, you know, too. I, I tried to keep things light, keep uh, keep things kind of flowing, yeah. keep things a little bit more comical because uh, the old Houston Texans are not in a good splate, uh, place in 2021. So any uh, love they can get, any motivation they can get, <laughs> they, they are definitely in need. So all the best to David Culley. Tim Kelly, Lovey Smith, and whatever quarterback ends up taking the helm of that offense and that entire Houston Texans team in general. It's going to be a long 2021 season, boys. Godspeed. Uh, good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, that does it for the Houston Texans. Uh, segment one, two, three, and four. Partner, let's talk a little bit of shit here. All righty. Before we send these kind folks on about their uh, Friday afternoons into the weekend. Oh, I got a little bit of motivation minutes to dish out on you guys as well. But before I do, final view of Colts Agenda Stack, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, baby. The final view. Shabang. It's here. It's live. Prime time. You can even see it's got weight to it. You know, you know the drill. Hey, I think it's just we're fucking, we're just slap happy on a Friday. And you know, I'm just gonna, I, we're just gonna keep this vibe from here on out on okay. the show. I just absolutely love the vibe we got going and I'm gonna keep it. We are, I am done in any capacity buttoning up like a suit. In any capacity okay. on this daily I'm, show. So glad to hear just so you know, my friend, but fuck them is my motto from yep. here on out. One more time. The Colts Agenda Stack. Officially, no pages have been added or taken away since Wednesday. Wednesday's show. So for the final time, if you haven't yet, go over to the comments section of episode number 100 of the pod. You can even just make this one small in the corner of your screen on over there. And then you just slide on over, punch in your guess. Whoever is the closest without going over, they will be the winner. Mm-hmm. And they will get a $50 Amazon gift card, a set of Moneyline dice, and a Rogue Energy starter set, of which you get to pick the color of your shaker. Seems to me like not a, not a whole lot of you like free stuff. I guess not. But either way, one final time, Colts Agenda Stack, whatever you think, there you are. All right, my friends. Well, uh, we got a weekend coming up here. Um, no UFC, kind of a bummer. I was hoping, uh, especially with the Texans here today, I was hoping that I'd be able to uh, at least hold. But apparently not. Nothing uh, Nothing going on here this uh, this weekend. But what I, what I do know is that uh, next weekend is Cannoneer versus Gastelum. Sure is. That should be a solid little card going on there. So we'll have that to look forward to. Uh, we do have some NFL preseason games going on here tonight as well through the weekend. Yes, we sir. still will not be hammering bets in. I looked at you, partner, and uh, if you do fo- follow us on Twitter, uh, you saw the oh, 
Stevenson, I believe is his last name. Patriots running back, rookie, had two mm. touchdowns last night. You would have seen the 90-yard touchdown he had um, to cover the Patriots minus two spread because it would have pushed had he not have done that. Right. I looked at my partner and I said, there is no way in Sam hell you are going to catch me sweating out a preseason football game that is hinging on a rookie running back running 90 yards and scoring a touchdown to cover a fucking spread. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'll do that all 18 weeks long. Yes, sir. Here in a few short days. But I ain't doing it during the preseason. If you're mad at me because you ain't been seeing me put out preseason plays... Pound Sam, pal. I ain't doing it. I ain't throwing money out the window. Yeah, if you're mad at us for talking like this, we don't care, man. I don't care. I tried to rationalize yesterday. I don't care. Like some line movements and pricing. And it was nothing. I I, I didn't hammer the bet in. I was like, all right, let me see something here. Maybe a little public perception. Like the Steelers won won last week, and they're only plus 100. They're the dogs. Maybe that's a trap. It wasn't a trap. They won. They won. They won. There's no rationalizing any of it. Nothing. No. And no. Just leave it be. Leave it be. And it's just not even... I don't know. I, I don't even watch the Bears preseasons. Like, I said it yesterday. There's no point for me to waste time out of my life when I could be doing something productive yep. to uh, watch, you know, 60 minutes of a football game of guys that are going to get cut in about the next 20 minutes. Like, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm Having good. said all that, give me the I'm Packers good. minus three over these Texans tomorrow night with Jordan Love, baby. This fucking. Guy. I'm just kidding. This fucking. Uh, guy. No, I I am uh, going to be watching a little Packers preseason just because I flat out haven't seen Jordan Love play at all. So I am a little excited to see that. But uh, you know, if I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback on the other side of things, I'm not hammering the bet in. I was kidding about that. But uh, you know, I at least am interested no, to not. see. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. Eh, I might throw a couple. Bucks Check his best slip tomorrow. Check his best slip tomorrow. I'll believe yeah, it when I see it. <laughs> Keep it to myself. Either way, uh, reminder didn't uh, didn't remind you at the end of the or the beginning of the show. Uh, we are still cashing MLB tickets. Sure if are. you didn't see it, you don't follow us on Twitter. You might not know, but uh, hey, you can still follow all of our picks on the Action Network app. You can uh, find me at Cash underscore with underscore Colt. You can find Riley at Rmags in all caps. And then once we get back to business as usual, giving out the uh, daily best bets, you can follow the daily best bets at Talking the Line. You can also find all of our best bets and more on the TalkingTheLine.com website. And then we also have a little something in the works in the background. Uh, been uh, doing a little uh, test driving, if you will, a little uh, spinning of the wheels. About ready to uh, kick it down into second gear. First gear's been treating me pretty well. Uh, this is in relation to a new way for you guys to track our picks, but also communicate with us on a, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... We we want to we want to build a community. We've always that that's always been our vision in this. We've always wanted to bring more people into sports gambling and and share a message of positivity and motivation and give some laughs and and not be that buttoned up suit that everybody right. that you see so often in the industry and just bring a totally different spin to the industry. So this new um i will tell you it is an app this new app is uh definitely going to help us in that it's going to help us build that community help us connect with you guys give you guys opportunities to easily hammer in our plays check out our plays all types of stuff and especially with nfl right around the corner i mean it is going to be pristine you've heard of other things like this before but nothing like this platform i can assure you nothing like this platform i had about a 45-minute meeting with the CEO 
holy effing hell. Uh, one hell of a fella. I uh, hope sometime we are able to uh, either bring him on uh, maybe another upcoming show that we have uh, about to drop here soon. There's another little hint, hint. Hey-o. Or uh, in some capacity, maybe on the daily show because th- this guy is an electric factory and um, here's, he's, a, he's a redheaded version of me. Uh, pretty much is what I can say. Maybe not, maybe not dark redhead, and it was through Zoom. So maybe I, and that was the only time I see him. So maybe he's not as redhead, but I mean he is exactly like me. Um, hit it off right from the bat. He is cool as all shit. If he's watching this at some point in time, not gonna drop his name. He knows I'm talking about him. But uh, we hope uh, we hope you guys follow us along as uh, onto the platform as soon as uh, we kind of make the announcement. Still kind of. Checking out some kinks, checking out some stuff, making sure we deliver the con- our content on there the best way we can to you guys and it's not any goofy stuff and, and we have any answers to questions that you guys might have as we roll into that. So keep that on the uh, front of the brain there. We got some stuff coming. Uh, in regards to that additional show, that is coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry. It is right around the corner. We have tentatively set a release date that is under wraps. We're not going to tell you sons of guns about that yet. My partner thought that we might, but uh, definitely not going to tell you about that. Not yet. Finger guns, dude. Want to make sure that uh, <laughs> we got a nice meeting in regards in regards to that show next week to uh, tie up some loose ends and make sure everything, um, all systems go, if you will. We can uh, push... It looks like we'll be able to push ignition button uh, for the rocket boosters on uh, said date, but it's not for certain yet. So we just want to make sure everything's uh, tightened up because once we do this, this is going to open up so many new doors. Um, It is going to allow you guys in our community to connect with other communities, um, to grow one big, happy, degenerate community. I cannot wait. I cannot tell you how much of an electric factory this is going to be. Um, the fact that we have been afforded the opportunity to do this and some of the kind folks have uh, said yes to a couple of goofballs like us, beyond grateful. Beyond grateful that we are afforded this opportunity. So I I, I don't want to slip and tell you guys anything else about it because right. I am so effing excited for it. But lots of little odds and ends. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into making a daily podcast, especially going live or recording it or making additional stuff that you guys don't know about. So we have to do a lot of that because we ain't got no team. This is uh, CMO and CTO Riley Magnuson, and you see also CTO and CEO Colton Sroka, also CFO on the side, also maybe sometimes website developer, also maybe <laughs> sometimes head social media manager. You know, we also do a lot of things. Some graphics for head, me over head, here. Yeah, head yeah, graphic yeah. developer, also head talent acquisitioner, pal. Not doing a great job of that so far. Well, it's better that we <laughs> we ain't got a zero on the board. We ain't got a fucking zero on the board. We got to start somewhere, pal. Uh, sure. We hey, we ain't uh, what do you? We ain't Jonathan Coachman. We sure. ain't sure, We sure. ain't uh, the guys over there at Pat McAfee. Sure. But we believe we have some opinions that measure up pretty pretty evenly, and we believe that given the opportunity to connect with. Maybe gentlemen on the same tier, they would see also that same thing. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? (laughs) And maybe some of them have, maybe some of them have not. But what I do know is we got some shit on the horizon. And uh, we're just going to keep working on it. Keep working and working and working and working. And that's all we're going to do is just keep pumping shit out to you guys. So make sure you stay tuned. We got shit on the horizon.
Outside of that, uh, I told you guys about 15 times all the uh, upcoming dates, everything that's going to be changing on the show. Uh, so I won't waste your time with that here today. Um, just remember, there'll be some new episodes coming up, uh, some different changes, skipping an NFL edition here and there, tossing in a college football edition, and then back to business as usual on September the 9th. Buccaneers versus Cowboys at 7.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. Cannot wait. Outside of that, before I uh, dive deep into some motivation minutes here, give you guys a little bit of inspiration, get you through this Friday and on into your weekends, I wanted to remind you, head on over to this episode's description, visit that link tree, you'll find the talkingtheline.com website. Make sure you visit that website if you not uh, if you have not yet. You'll find all of our additional content, our blogs, our featured content, loads of other stuff that uh, we put a lot of thought in for you guys, stuff that you'll get some good value out of. So check out the talkingtheline.com website. Check out our other content. You want to take a walk down memory lane, check out the old TTL newsletter. It's oh, been a while since I perused through that sure bad has. boy, so I might have to do that myself as well. Uh, also, make sure you follow not only myself and Mags, but also Talking the Line on all of our social platforms. You can always stay up to date, not only on us, TTL Sports Media, but also the latest and greatest in sports and sports gambling happenings. We always stay up to date, and we're just going to keep getting bigger and better in regards to that. Outside of that, I already told you uh, about the picks, plays, everything like that. You know where to find them. You know where to get them. Action Network app and TalkingTheLine.com. You will also see a very new and improved dope way to track our plays and connect with us at the same time. Coming very soon from the TTL crew. In addition to that, my friends, that about puts a wrap on episode number 102, but... You know, I couldn't just send you guys on about your Friday without paying it back a little bit. You guys give us your time, your hard-earned effort and energy, and you spend it here at the TTL pod. And for that, I am forever grateful. I know our mags is as well. And it is my pleasure to pay it forward to you on every single show and in any other way that I can. But today, let me do that with my motivation minutes of the day. Now, this one uh, is very, very special to me. Um, Many different aspects. Um, And the best way that I can put it is, my friends, that this life is going to be hard. You're going to face obstacles. You're going to face barriers. You're going to face adversity. And you hear me talk about that all the time. And the two things that you have to remember is that obviously I always tell you that adversity is only there to help you learn and grow and you're never going to avoid it. So the faster you realize that, the easier it is to start overcoming that and start getting through that, but you're still going to have those days. And I still have those days. I can't lie to you. I still look in the mirror sometimes and say, what the fuck am I doing here? Is really giving all this effort worth it? Is really putting myself out here like this worth it? Is grinding day in and day out till 12 o'clock at night and then getting up at 5.30 in the morning, is is this worth it? And I'm sure you could say that in many other areas of your life, and I have those days. But the key is to not let those days compound. The key is to not let those days linger on and fester in that negativity and that self-pity. The key is... To get back in that car of success in the morning 
slam the keys in the damn ignition, and be grateful that you have another opportunity to just be in the race. Today, just be thankful that you have a chance to drive that damn car around the track again. Thank everything in your being that you are afforded the opportunity to chase your dreams and goals and passions. Be grateful that you can have those adversities in your life because you have the opportunity to chase your dreams. Be grateful that you are even a part of this race called life. That you even have the opportunity to try to be number one. I want to be number one in a lot of different areas. And I know a lot of you that watch have that same mindset. And that what comes along with that is to whom much is given, much is to be expected. And when you want everything in this life and you want to be supremely successful and you want to work hard and you want to do everything you can, you're going to face those adversities. It's going to be hard. In order to attain those things, you have to face difficult things. But the main thing that you have to realize is that you're still riding around the track, baby. <laughs> you're still in that ignition, or you're still in that car. It's still eating gas. You're still cruising. You might have hit a pothole here or there. You might have fucking flat, and you got to figure out how to get that baby going. You might be going 100 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, a flat, and you ain't got time to get into the pit stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm speaking in absolutes here. You ain't got time to get into that pit stop, so you're going to just have to figure out a way, dangle your dumbass head out the window, slap some fix-a-flat in there, and keep pumping. But at the same time, just be grateful that you're in the race. Be grateful that you can even figure out how to stick your goofy-ass head out of that window to put some fix-a-flat in that tire. To whom much is given, much is to be expected. And you have the ability to overcome everything that is in your path. It's easy to give up. It's extremely hard to keep going. But the only thing you need to worry about is that you're still going. So keep going, keep moving, and focus on that finish line. And you know what the funniest part is, is that when you cross that finish line, after being grateful that you were just in the race, and you start to take advantage of the adversities and, and you just fall in love with your process. The most beautiful thing is is that you wake up again having a new dream and passion and goal. And after you reach that finish line, it starts the cycle all over again. And it becomes not good enough once again. So then you just have to remember, be grateful that you just got another opportunity to be in the race. And that does it. For my motivation minutes for today. Alrighty, my man. Goodness gracious. I don't know what else I can add to it. You nailed it right on the head, my friend. I appreciate it. That uh that was one you know, you guys obviously know I'm uh I'm a pretty spiritual guy. Got a pretty uh good connection with my God. Um, you know, uh not uh, forcing you either way. Whatever you are, do your thing. Absolutely. You know where I stand and I will preach it from the mountaintops. But Get up every morning and connect with the big guy upstairs. And uh, that was the first thing he told me uh, after I 
few rough days. You know, you obviously see us always on the show, but uh, we we have some rough spots here or there. Shit happens from time to time, but we keep bumping, we keep growing, we keep moving, we don't give a damn. And I woke up this morning and I read, hey, just be glad that you got another opportunity to go chase this shit. And I said, well, okay, I'm in the race. I'm gone. I'm putting the keys in the ignition. Let's do it again. I ain't got no time to wallow around in my sorrows. I got goals to meet. So there you go. That's my mindset. And I hope that is your mindset through Friday and going on into the weekend and for the rest of your life. When you have those moments that you want to give up, you want to quit, you have those why me, what is this here for moments, just be grateful that you're even able to experience those and you have another opportunity to be in the race. So that officially does it, my friends, for my motivation minutes of the day. Alrighty then, let me hook this bad boy up. I wanted to uh, want to get a little more personal there. I felt like uh, felt like we got a little bit more personal holding the old microphone. You know, uh, did a little bit of observation when we went and saw the legendary great JRE Joe Rogan experience. Um, you know, just kind of uh, working some of those things in here, trying to be a better host for you guys. You know, and just be grateful. That I have the opportunity to be a host. Mm -hmm. Just work at it every day. There so there you go. That's where I'm at, ladies and gentlemen. I am ready to get this doggone weekend started. We got a little bit of back-end work to take care of before we do, though. But, Mags, you got a little wedding action I going sure on here. Um, little before... Lake Geneva. Ooh, that is always a fun time for a wedding. Let me tell you that. If you ain't ever visited old Lake Geneva, it is a must-go destination up there in the old Wisconsin. Sure is. Or uh, pretty close to Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin. Half, half of it. Okay, yeah. Well, no, it's it, in Wisconsin. It's all the way in Wisconsin. <laughs> way I don't fucking know. I'm not from this area in the in general but i've lived here long enough now either way that all being said for we send you guys officially on out of here partner anything burning on the brain melting on the heart festering on the soul you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 102 of the talking the line podcast on this beautiful august 13th friday the 13th yikes 2021 all right so uh you know i've been doing these Team-centric, whatever team we got going on, trying to do something in regards to them. Yes, sir. There ain't much to write home about on the old Houston Texans right now. As to be expected. So let's kind of paint the picture of why they're in this dumpster fire that we currently see them here uh -oh. in 2021. Uh -oh. uh, sorry, Texans fans. Uh -oh. yeah, I can't imagine you uh, had any inkling to tune in today uh, and hear us roast your team for an hour and a half. But if you sticked around, stuck around... And you already know the story, but for everyone else, uh, about four trades that are pretty big head scratchers that got them into this spot right here. First one being the trade for not only Laramie Tunsil, but they also brought in Kenny Stills. Uh, they get Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, and a 2024, 2021 sixth round. What the hell did they give up? Laramie Tunsil, good left tackle. Not, uh, you know, not the best. Not, uh, you know, top LT money, but he, he's up there. He's pretty solid left tackle. But they give up a couple players, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2021 second-round pick. And that's why they didn't have any draft picks this year when they most needed it. So that one is honestly as bad as uh, this other one in its own right because... You know, they give up two first and a second for a, a very good left tackle. Not great. And for DeAndre Hopkins, you would think, hey, given that return, maybe they're looking for, you know, some of those first round picks back in return. 
maybe a few extras for at the time, especially now. Maybe yeah, I would maybe say top Jamar three. Chase might be available. Some you guys know, like top to three receiver at the time, probably number one, if not number two. They get Mr. David Johnson on the wrong side of a running back's career. They get Hopkins and a 2024th round pick, and they, uh, you know, they or that's what they gave up, and they get. David Johnson, a 2022nd and a 2021 fourth. You would expect, given the first trade, that they uh, could be interested in getting two to four first round picks, if not two to four combination of first and seconds, but they get absolute junk for, uh, you know, one of the baddest dudes in the entire fucking league. They give up a 2023rd for Gary on Conley. Uh, who I don't believe is on the team anymore. And they give up a 2022nd round for Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth round pick. A guy that, uh, you know, on the stat sheet looks okay, but there's a reason why he's been on four or five teams on four or five years. And, uh, you know, they tried to give, look, they got their left tackle. They got their, uh, you know, decent name receiver for their young quarterback, but uh, absolutely no other pieces to backfill this roster. And now their quarterback wants out because of it, and they've got no way to back fill this roster this is going to be one of the longest rebuilds in nfl history quite possibly it is going to be ugly i feel sorry for whoever has to come in as a rookie next year and get dealt this brutal hand with some of these old ass dudes that are uh well past their prime man this is going to be a dumpster fire for uh quite a few years if you ask me here this is going to be a dumpster fire, and I don't think a single one of those names on the list are going to be on this team come next year. Brandon <laughs> Cooks, last year, his deal, he ain't going to be there. Oh, there is gosh. not a single running back in this room that is tenured through 2021. David Johnson's out of there, no question in my mind. Garyon Conley, not with the team anymore. Obviously, Laramie Tunsil's there, but they're going to have to send him away to try and figure out something with some other position and some sort of capital after what this season is going to produce. Kenny Stills, no longer with the team no, already either, no, so there's already two names out of that list that are gone and i believe that the rest of them are <laughs> out of there come 2022 oh man it is dude. not good all of these moves and trades they made i am glad that is where you took it because all of these moves that they made have put them in the exact shitty situation they are in they cannot look at anybody but themselves for the dumpster fire that will be 2021 and tbd when it finally extinguishes because this is not looking good in any type of direction and even with deshaun it's not going to be good. like I could actually see from a clown comical perspective, Deshaun Watson leading him to like five, six, seven wins. And then he dips out after <laughs> after that. And they Quite don't possibly. get one of those top three draft picks or something like that. Quite like, possibly that comedy show could absolutely happen. And they'll be in an even worse spot uh, than they would be if uh, they tanked this entire season. So who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But um, uh, no. I apologize, Texans fans. Yeah. Apologies here as well. No major news coming out um, here as far as any, uh, I believe today would be an off day for most teams with uh, the games and everything. Like oh, that yeah, coming up. most definitely. Might yeah. be an off day. So um, like outside it, of that, we talked about the Rashad Bateman news, Elijah Moore news. Uh, James Conner yesterday got put on the reserve COVID-19 right. list. So a little bit interesting, a little bit of um, uh, toss up in the air. We haven't talked about him yet, but uh, secondary receiver in uh, LA, the Chargers, Mike Williams dealing with some mm. hit hip flexor injury mm -hmm. it's never good for uh opposite of him please help uh, me out keenan allen keenan allen holy cow uh keenan allen uh never good for him when uh, mike williams is dealing with sure. some injuries his production goes down through the floor sure and that sucks keenan allen in my mind is 
top five receiver Still a dog. in the league. He just, he, he just gets overlooked so much being in L.A. But I think that turns around this year with Brandon Staley. And, <laughs> That's uh, such a goofy sentence to say it gets overlooked in L.A. And you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. That, that is just, a little weird. But, yeah, that is a little weird just to have say. no fan base. But outside of that, my friends, that is the proverbial whipped cream on top of the Sunday. That the is week. the Talking the Line podcast. Let's put a cherry on top of this bad boy once again. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Houston Texans fans, fans of the NFL Shield, NFL betters, fantasy football players, everyone in between, far and wide. For myself and Mags, thank you so much once again for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social platforms if you're not already, and thank you if you already are. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your support and following, and we have so much awesome stuff right around the corner to bring you, especially going into the NFL season. So keep coming on around for these NFL special editions as we get geared up for September the 9th at 7.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. We will see you for Monday's show, August the 16th, episode number 103 of the Talking the Line podcast. And that team of the day will be the Indianapolis Colts. So yet another AFC South team. Probably a lot of different tunes we will be singing come sure. Monday. So if you're a fan of the culture, you know somebody that is, tell them to come on by. We're friendly, guys. We're just going to be dishing out nothing but lineups, schedule analysis, a little bit of betting preview, start, stash, or pass. You know the drill sure. by now. And there'll be some question marks, but I promise we'll have some nicer things to say about the Colts than we did about the Texans today. Much nicer. We can assure yes. you of that. Promise. But for now... Make sure you check out all of our plays on the Action Network app and on the TalkingTheLine.com website because we close the show the only way we know how. Because at the end of the day, we are a daily sports gambling podcast. So with all that being said, have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have other plans. A terrific beginning to your weekend. We will see you at the pay window this evening if you're tailing our bets And as always, let's cash some tickets.